Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Warm Fantasy Sports Radio. It's Wednesday. January 21st, and I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Aniano, and sitting with me on this fine Wednesday evening, as always, my partner, colleague, and co-host, Mr. Eric Corsini. Eric, it's almost February, but happy Wednesday. How are you, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. A lot of interesting things going on in the sports world that we're going to get to in a minute, and I'm ready to talk... Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, let's have some fun tonight. A lot going on. Ready. Want to remind everybody, check out the sponsors you see scrolling across the screen. Uh, Royal uh, Fit, uh, I'm sorry, Royal RotoGalaxy.com, uh, RotoBaller.com. Uh, as always, our Facebook page, War Room Fantasy Sports Radio. Is for, and follow us on Twitter, at War Room Radio. Phone lines are open, 347-838-8088. Make sure you go to RotoGalaxy.com as well. So stammering there just a minute ago. Uh, some new baseball articles up. I was able to get them up. My first edition positional rankings went up over the weekend, position by position. Uh, it'll be the first of probably two or three rankings that go up there as you prepare for your fantasy baseball season. A National League ranking of the starting pitching rotations is up. American League ranking should be up hopefully by the end of the day tomorrow, Thursday. So you check that out as well, ranking all the rotations in both the National and American Leagues from 1 through 15. And that's going to be the focus of tonight's show uh, after the big Max Scherzer signing to the Washington Nationals. Kind of spurred on the theme of the show for me. Taking a look at the rotations, both for the regular baseball season and fantasy baseball season, when you look at who's draftable, who's not, who might not be in the rotation to start, but who may get there by the end, because there's one thing we know about baseball and fantasy baseball, the starting rotation you draft is very different than the starting rotation you end with most fantasy baseball seasons. So we'll take a look at that and some guys maybe you maybe don't draft, but you keep an eye on as the season progresses. Like I said, phone lines are open, 347-838-8088. Uh, chat room is open as well, so jump on that with any questions, comments, or general babble you may have to throw our way. But Eric, I wanted to spend a few minutes because it's been the hot-button topic of the day. The New England Patriots, you know, they, they, they dismantled the Colts this past weekend. I turned the game off early, no, uh, no point in watching. Spent some quality time with the watch. Going. That's why I kept it on, just Sure. Yeah, my FanDuel was was survived. I won I a little bit. Well. I did. I did all right. I had a. I had the Blount Lynch combination. I had that as well with so. Russell Wilson. His yes. late game heroics brought me a I few had bucks. Wilson. Cobb. I had Cobb on there. I sprinkled him in a little bit. Yeah. So um, yeah, I did all right. I did all right. I actually won money while playing Dante Moncrief, putting up a zero. That's I how play, I didn't play Monc- I didn't play anybody. I honestly. Didn't really play. I think I may have played the tight ends here and there from Indianapolis. But that's it. I didn't play anybody from that team. Yeah, I, no, thought, I thought the Patriots would blow the doors off. And they did. And they did, yeah. But um, Packers-Seahawks game, a terrific game. No denying that. Terrific ending. Actually, not a terrific game. I take that back. Terrible. The game. quality of the game was right. Terrible. The last couple of minutes in overtime were fascinating, though. But, Eric... The news came out today. There was the accusations of them playing with a deflated ball. It's been at proven. first, right? At first, it was like a lot of hot noise. 
And then the results came today. 11 out of the 12 footballs that the Patriots used right. were two pounds per inch or centimeter, however, yeah. cubic, whatever, were, were underdeflated. They would, and they were all consistently the same amount of less air, if that makes sense what I said. So it wasn't like, you know, oh, this one went down one pound, right. this one went down. Now, somebody asked me, well, what's the big deal? They all use the same ball. Well, folks, they don't. The Colts use when the Colts have the ball, they use their ball. Yeah, it's the only sport that does that. When the Patriots have the ball, they use their ball. Correct. Now, how it works is each team hands twelve balls into the referees about a little over two hours before game time. The referees weigh them, check them, make sure they're you know fit to to be used. They get returned to the team. Yep. The ball boys are employed by the team. The New England Patriot ball boy is a New England Patriot employee who then is in charge of the ball, or the equipment manager is then in charge of the balls for two hours leading up to game time. Right. A lot of things can happen in two hours after that. There's no denying that. Not too hard to stick a pin in a football and deflate them and re-weigh them. I mean, this isn't rocket now, science. Now that they were deflated to the same weight, I guess, I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, that had to be told to the ball boy to do that. There's no way he did that on his own. I agree. And the NFL has a real problem because, first off, this is probably been going on forever. They just happen to get caught. Like, if Brady doesn't throw that interception, they probably never get caught. Now, the referees handled the balls the whole game, didn't say a word. They no. must have felt the difference. Well, it had, but, but striking. They must have felt the difference. Well, what's striking is who who discovered it was the Colts linebacker yeah, after who intercepted the ball. It's like something feels off. And then for him, you know, like it's not like a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver is right. always handling the ball. This guy doesn't handle the ball much, and he sensed it right away. Right. Uh, I find that interesting as well. So that tells you how drastically different the ball felt. Now, I mean, you f- felt balls before. Yes, many. You felt them firm. You felt them deflated. It's easier to th- it's easier to play with a deflated ball. You'd rather play with a deflated ball. I absolutely would. I don't want something all bulgy and you know hard to grip. You want it deflated so you could grip it however I please. Fair enough. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> um, no, but like how I look at it is this: like the problem. Part of the problem is you know everyone's going to do it to, to get an edge. That's what these teams do no matter what level, right? Mm-hmm. College does some funky stuff with recruiting people because why does a kid pick Florida over Alabama? Why does a kid pick, you know, Clemson over USC? You know, why? You know, for many reasons, but, you know, maybe there's some propriety, you know, going on under the, under the table, right? So if you look at it, right, the problem is the NFL, first off, they inspect the Bulls, then give them back, which is mind-boggling. Right. Two and a half hours, you could do anything you want with the ball at that point. Sure, in two, in two yeah. and a half hours, you imagine how much stuff you can do. handling the balls. Right, who's handling the balls? In charge, is Belichick is instructing this person how to handle the balls. Has to be. Has to be. Brady, somebody, somebody the person playing with the ball. Somebody the ball saying those way. balls are too firm. Right, and Brady had to know the ball was too soft. Like, he's no fool. He's thrown a fully inflated ball. Now, does ball Blade, Brady decide that or does Giselle decide that? Oof. I think she has a very firm grip of of, of, of the ball. Of Tom's ball, yes. yes. But I feel like Tom does kind of do what he wants to do. He's Tom Brady. That's she true. knows who she married. That's true. I mean, look at the guy. That's a lot of money there between the two of them. Yo, what is that? The world's wealthiest model and Tom Brady. It's pretty good. It's like Jay-Z and Beyonce just in the sports world. Yeah. But anyway, now, but the problem is the NFL allows 
teams to employ the person to control the world. That should be a NFL. That should be a referee employed by the NFL, either a referee or a specified ball boy paid by the NFL to control the balls that the teams are given and to monitor that. It shouldn't be given back to the team. I agree. But now here's my question for you, right? It We're is going to cheat. That's what it comes down to. Well, you know what it is, though? And, and, and I, I, He's cheated all I'm, through the year. Well, I'm, I'm going to... But all teams do. Football, well, here's the thing, right? Sports are big business. Huge bit, Billion-dollar business. And you know what businesses do? They look to get an edge. Any way possible. Any way they need. When you are a multi-million, billion-dollar corporation, and I'm not trying to stereotype, but a multi-million or multi-billion-dollar corporation will do anything it can to get an edge. They now, they'll call it getting an edge. Correct. Other people will just call it what it is. Straight up cheating. Exactly. Exactly. You're breaking the rules. You're you breaking know, the rules. Now, here's the funny part, though, right? Here, here, here's what I find interesting is, you follow Twitter or Facebook, whatever social media you follow, and there's just as many people defending this, though. You're defending it. You're saying, well, LeGarrette Blount doesn't affect him rushing for three touchdowns. It doesn't matter. The point is you cheated. Would it have affected the, the outcome of the game? The right. It doesn't. Okay, would the Patriots still have won the game? Yes. It's not like you didn't know the rule either. Yeah. It's not like, uh, oh, really? Oh, the ball has to be... They had them checked at the right size, the right weight, and then they manipulated because they knew the conditions were going to be the way they were. They may do it... You know, I don't know if they do it every game. What, 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 do you know? what does the NFL do now to Bill Belichick? Bill I Belichick. mean, this has been possibly the worst season in the history of the NFL in terms of public relations, right? Yes. You've got the Adrian Peterson and Ray Rice fiascos. That's a disaster. Okay, you've had... Primetime games that are that you're turning the games off because they've been such mismatches. Um, Thursday night games were probably the worst games. I've terrible, played. right? And now and now you've got this fiasco amongst probably other things. You've got concussion losses. I mean, it's just a, a, a running joke and a running disaster. And now you've got this. Ten days before the Super Bowl, one of your premier franchises is now caught in a cheating scandal for the second time. Right? Spygate. They got caught. They were caught. I haven't won they a Super Bowl since. since. They were caught. They won and a lot of games, though. They got, and, and, and they lost draft picks. They lost draft picks. Right? And the only reason that punishment probably wasn't worse than losing draft picks is because the videos of the Spygate were miraculously destroyed. Yeah. Conveniently yeah. destroyed. We don't know where they are. Nobody knows. So now you've got this situation. You know, Belichick. If it's proven, that this he is knows, he a two-time cheater. If he, if he, if it's proven that he knew, right? And how do you not? John Payton got suspended for a whole year. Thank you, and he didn't know. And the NFL told him. Well, he claimed he didn't know. And the NFL told him doesn't matter. It was your coaching there was, staff. There was no evidence that Sean Payton knew what was going on, but he still got suspended for the year because he was the boss. He was the boss. And Same as should have known what was going on with everything. Well, wouldn't that then apply so now, to Belichick but as to well? Me, who it shouldn't matter who directed it, whether Belichick directed it, whether Brady did, whether Bob Kraft, who knows who did it. The the the, okay. the, the, the what's the the Bucks, Josh stuff. McDaniels. The, jo- this, jo- wasn't Josh McDaniels the guy with the camera too? Maybe. Was he I don't the know. guy? But the, I don't know. what's the line? The buck stops here, right? When you're the head coach, isn't that where the buck now, stops? Should he be allowed to coach the Super Bowl? 
is there enough time? If he doesn't coach the Super Bowl and the Seahawks win, does it take away from the Seahawks win? Absolutely if I, not. If I'm the Seattle Seahawks, I want Belichick on that sideline. I, <laughs> I don't care. I see, want if I'm the, the Super Bowl. If I'm it the, doesn't, doesn't change it. Actually, I think it does. It's irrelevant to me if I'm on the Seahawks. I think it does. He's a cheater. He does not deserve to be on there. Now, Pete Carroll on the other side of the football ain't no saint either. No. I mean, he, he just did all this stuff at USC. And then he's like, right when it got all to, like, you know, coming to a head, he's like, Ooh, I'm gone. Now, he, he's not a saint either by no. any means. Um, and, you know, God knows what these teams do and then get away with or whatever. But, you know, like, to me, the punishment should be, this had to be known that was going on. So now, what do you do? Do you suspend him for the Super Bowl? Do you suspend him for the entire next season? Eight games, six games, draft picks? So now, a person in charge like Goodell, who's kind of had a pretty messed up year in handling situations. He's got to drop a hammer here. He has to. It, 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 I, don't, like, I don't think he suspends him for the Super Bowl. And I'll tell you how Goodell avoids that. It, he won't because... Due process, they have to go through a whole process, and they can't do the process in two in, weeks. In enough time. Yep. Right. So he'll so they get, get away with that. So they'll nail him for Belichick will play. Uh, Belichick will coach the Super Bowl. But it, by all means, he should be suspended next year. Now, here, here is my This co- is the second offense. Okay. I agree. Well, yes. So here's the thing, and here, here is what I'm anxious to find out. It wouldn't have changed the outcome of the game. The no, absolutely not. So that's what bothers you more about it, right? Like, what are you doing? Like, if that like game, you were gonna beat the you were gonna beat the Colts no matter what you did that game. If you if that game was coming down to a last second field goal, right? And Gostowski of the Patriots kicks a game winning field goal with an overinflated ball. Different story, right? An overinflated ball is gonna get kicked further. Yes, that's why the kicking balls are separate than the throwing balls. Right. So an overinflated ball, he he kicks it with a ball that's overinflated. Okay, that that affected the outcome of the game. He kicked a 55-yarder with an overinflated ball. But that's not happened. That football had no impact on the final score of the game. However, it shouldn't just be dismissed because, because of, of that. that. What, right. It was a blowout. That doesn't mean it makes it okay to... Oh, it, oh, it wouldn't have mattered. Right. But, but what bothers me about it is it wouldn't have mattered. So they didn't have to do they that. They didn't have to do it. But something. there's always something that they're always looking to you know, get ahead of the other team. Always. Always looking for it. Now, here's the interesting part, right? When Bill Belichick retires, whenever that may be, and some have called him the greatest coach of all time, wins another Super Bowl, he passes Lombardi, blah, 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 blah. Will the sports writers out there the sanctimonious sports writers who have passed judgment on baseball players in the Hall of Fame, regardless if they've tested positive or not for steroids, i.e. Mike Piazza, Piazza, Jeff Bagwell, will they keep Belichick out for for cheating twice? Now, you could say it's a different kind of cheating. To me, cheating is cheating. You cheated the game. Does, Whether you injected... Does vote the NFL guys in, too? But they, how they, does that work? They have influence. Okay. I, they, I don't know how You do have influence. You do have influence. Yes, Regarding they do. The Peter King, all those guys. They, ha- they have votes. Right. Okay. So, so you, and your influence is there in your writings and your talkings and everything else. There's no denying that. Right. So here you are. It's a different set of writers, obviously, the baseball writers, the football writers. But nonetheless, 
his baseball writers on their on their pedestal. Mighty, Keep, right? keeping, uh, keeping Mike Piazza out of the Hall of Fame because he's got back acne. I and that's it. And that's it. Right. I had back acne. That, that's it. That's all you got on Piazza. He's got back acne. And so it raised suspicion so he's been out. The greatest hitting catcher of all time, but he's not in the Hall of Fame. Can't get in the Hall of Fame. He'll get in next year, though, it seems, based on his growth. It's trending in the right direction yeah. for him. But here's Belichick, if not the greatest, one of the greatest coaches of all time, but is he one of the greatest of all coaches of all time? It's because he cheats. And the problem with his cheating skills is he's terrible. You know, somebody, it's like, it's like speeding. Speeding is, everybody does it. Everybody does it. Yeah. But Belichick is dumb enough to get caught repeatedly. I, to me, a cheater is a cheater is a cheater. You're not a Hall of Famer. If that's the criteria we're falling under. To me, it's, uh, it's just as, you know... Um, I don't. I forgot who said it today. Uh, Chris Can- uh, Canty from the Ravens, Ravens, former Giant. Yes, he said. Now this is kind of like an extreme statement, but it's not way off. And I'm paraphrasing. The deflated balls, using the deflated balls, is like taking performance-enhancing drugs. Now, what he's, my take on it is, it's cheating regardless. Whether you take PEDs, that's cheating. You deflate the balls, that's cheating. It's still cheating and should be almost handled saying, this guy cheated. The same rules should apply. He and should it, be looked at. You should, his career should be questioned now. How much of it was legit and how much was it bending the rules or cheating the rules, yeah. whatever it is. It should, be, it should be questioned. And if you're not going to vote Mike Piazza into the Hall of Fame because he has back acne, this is, this is just as bad as back acne, but it has evidence. But you got proof real. of it. It's real. So it's uh, it's interesting, and to be honest, a guy like Belichick to me, he, he didn't need to, to do win. it. He doesn't want to win. Uh, he doesn't. It's not that he doesn't want to win. He wants to win and doesn't really care how he does it. Well, that's the that's the reason he I think care. he 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 snubbed his nose at, at Goodell and stuff. He's like, f you, basically. What are you gonna do to me? I'm Bill Belichick. What are you gonna do? Well, that's why Goodell has to drop the hammer. Yeah. At the minimum, he's got to be uh, suspended half the season next year. If Peyton wasn't involved in it, he this stinks of Belichick. Stinks of. Him. Now Peyton was involved. Peyton was suspended for a year. You could argue he got suspended for a year because he was involved in trying to inflict right. bodily harm on someone else. Belichick's not doing that, but Peyton wasn't necessarily cheating. It was just kind of unethical. Right. What I what I wanted to, now this may be a crazy statement. Okay. Tom Brady knew he was playing with a deflated football. You would think. If the, if a linebacker were intercepts a pass, knows Tom Brady's got to know that so that should, ball should, feels soft. Should he be suspended for it? He cheated. He knew he was. He knew he was. Playing. Yeah, but then you could go. So, so but then, then you could, could go, go on and on. The receiver, so, yeah. So, so no. So no, it can't go. So you're saying no? It can't unless go to Brady, the unless Brady was the one directing. I want yeah. the balls at this weight. But whatever. if Brady says I was just playing with the ball given to me, and you know, because then you could say, well, uh, the, the conditions. The, are cold cent, the center cold. knew. He snapped it to me. The wide receiver, everybody who caught the ball knew. But you know, everybody on that Patriot team who felt that ball knew it didn't feel right. If the linebacker from the Colts did, you got to figure everybody else did. Absolutely. So and they were okay with it. You know what I mean? Like, well, they're not going to say anything. Right. So, but it has to. So who, who do you drop the hammer on? The person in charge. Of the and it's got to be Belichick. I agree. Uh, I, I agree 110%. I'm very curious what's going to happen with this. 
Yep. It won't be for the Super Bowl for for the reason we said more or less. The due process. We have to find out. We have to investigate. There's no way we could do it in that short of a time. That's the angle they'll play on that, and hopefully there'll be some uh, action taken. There you go. There should be, be more negative feedback if it was a, a different head coach also. Like if Rex Ryan was deflating footballs. Oh, forget it. He would have been would crucified. Be hammering it, hammering it, hammering it. They'd call for him to be fired immediately. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like somebody like that. Oh, he's got to go. We can't have a cheater in charge. He also doesn't have the pedigree that Belichick has with all the rings. Mm-hmm. But that's beside the point. You know, it, it just because he's a winning coach and, you know, a borderline Hall of Famer, it doesn't make it okay. Right. I agree. Well, he wasn't well, a borderline Hall of Well, Eric, we dabbled, in, we dabbled in the PED talk a little bit. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk a little baseball. And I thought this was the best story all the day. Right now, the actually. best story all day. And I heard it this morning, probably about 6.30, I heard it on the radio. And I said, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Alex Rodriguez, as we know, the world's number, not the world's, but baseball's favorite PED user. Uh, coming back from both hip surgery, hip surgery, and then we know the year-long suspension because of PEDs and his litany of lies. Well, he's training to come back. He's on the contract for three more years with the Yankees. The Yankees are stuck with him. He's probably going to be a DH most of the time. Years. Yep, you have three more years of him. I love it. I love it. So Alex Rodriguez, training to come back. He still wants to play third base, even though Chase Headley signing has made that all but impossible. So essentially he's an, an overpaid, aging, designated hitter. Well, Alex Rodriguez, in his attempt to get a swing back and get in shape, decides to enlist the help of the man, one of the biggest steroid users of the steroid era, the man whose head size grew at a rate that normal people's skulls would have exploded, but Barry Bonds. I don't know how his skull didn't explode. I mean, his head is huge. 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 So, So Barry Bonds and Alex Rodriguez are working out together. Awesome. And I sent out a tweet this morning on our At Warm Radio, and my tweet basically said, Barry, Alex Rodriguez reported work. Thank you for proving that stupidity is a lifetime achievement award for him. I mean, there's just no way, you know, something to that extent. Like, thank He's you. So cute, A-Rod. He really He's is. So cute. Now, I love, that's why I love him. I love A-Rod. I think he's great for the game. We're going to miss him when he's gone, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to miss him. I mean, what what forty year old man hasn't figured out how to take himself and put himself in a good situation, especially coming off a year suspension, whatever he had, two or whatever it was. Like he literally doesn't get it. But anyway, but not to say anything. Okay, so he but he did also work with Edgar Martinez. Okay, we know who may have been a PED user. You don't know. We're going to assume now, but yes. But you know what I mean. Like so, so he does work with these guys about getting his swing back. Now Barry Bonds, by all means, is probably, forget the PEDs, was one of the greatest. He was a great hitter. The guy could mash a baseball. There's plenty of guys who took PEDs and then hit 70 home runs. Mm-hmm. So he knew how to hit the baseball. So I could see A-Ride consulting somebody of his caliber. But here's the thing. But maybe not him. Maybe not him. I think the only person worse than Bonds would have been Jose Canseco. But at least we know what, like... I, I would have found that more like super entertaining. Oh, that had that would have been magical. Those conversations, can't say going Aaron would have literally said, "Let me just shoot you up right now." Yeah. What's the difference? I mean, with those two egos in the room, my God. But here's the thing, right? Arod has more money than God. Let's be honest, right? Yeah. He's getting what thirty million a year from the Yankees for three more years. That's just for baseball, right? He still gets other money. So. Yeah, he still had other endorsements before everything fell apart on him, right? So he's got he's got God knows how much money. 
there would be a line miles long of hitting coaches and former players who would have lined up and said, I will happily work with Alex Rodriguez. It's a career boost. As much as people think Alex is a nut. Uh, 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 for some reason, you're able to help Aaron at 40. You do it. Why you not? do it. You do it, right? So here's my question. I heard this on another show, and I, I, I thought it was interesting. Did Alex Rodriguez work with Barry Bonds, A, out of stupidity, or out of extreme intelligence? Because <laughs> He's so dumb, but he's so smart. Because he knew that big radio and little podcasts would all be talking about him because of it. And is his ego such? And we all know Alex Rodriguez is a super insecure guy, right? He, he has to be. He is. He craves that limelight. He craves that he attention. Needs attention more than anybody okay. I've ever met. Well, I've never met him, but you know what I mean. So is this him just being clueless and stupid and not realizing oh, the, re- the ramifications of working with Barry Bonds? Or is it, hey, you know what? You haven't paid attention to me in, there in a while, everybody. Spring training's in two months. I just want to remind you I'm here. Look who I'm working out with. Look who you're all talking about. Because you know what? The back page of the paper tomorrow is going to be deflated balls, right? Well, go along with deflated balls because steroids cause them. Alex Rodriguez's story will be right there with it. Aaron's so smart. You tell you he's smart. He's so smart. Is that what you think? We, we don't know how smart he is. I don't know. A-Rod, to me, I feel like he does things and he doesn't really understand what he's doing. And then at times you think, like you just say, maybe he knows exactly maybe what he's Maybe it was a, doing. the perfectly calculated move. He's like, how can I get quickly back in the limelight? Quickly. Now, he was going to be that way when he came to spring training. Oh, there's no doubt. The first day he shows up at camp in, like, in a month. January. Right, it's a month away. Re- he wants to be relevant in January. Right. Camp is when? February 20th or so? For, for hitters? I don't know. It, right around the 20th. Do they come back? They're, they're, and catches report. A few days earlier. Yeah. So he's about the 20th to the 25th, the Yankees hitters, uh, player position, uh, position players report. Another so, month. So another month, he couldn't wait. <sighs> he's just so awesome. I hope he has a monster year. There's no way. I just hope he does. It's awesome. but He can still be a productive player, though. Offensively. Yes, you've missed can. a year, hip, two hip surgeries. I still think he could be productive. Supposedly, if you're not clean at this point, you'll never be clean. I don't know. I don't know what to make of him, but I think he's just awesome for the game. Let's be he's honest. He's a talking point. Let's let's be honest, right? Baseball, if you don't really love it, it's probably the one of the boringest games to watch. You either love it or you hate it. I agree. There's no cat. There's nobody who goes to the game and goes, I kind of like baseball. or eh. You love it, you hate it. You go to the game to hang out. You really go to the game to watch it. You know, you, you're not, you know. But everybody, it, it's like everybody knows A-Rod. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. great for the sport, for the popularity of the sport. He's still great for it, even at 40 years old. Hey, you know what? Opening day Yankees. Makes the Yankees a lot more interesting. The, the Yes Network or wherever they broadcast that opening game for the Yankees, the ratings will be high, are always high. But maybe they're just a little bit higher with A-Rod. ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, A-Rod's return, the ratings are going to be higher than normal. Because I'll be honest, too, and I know Yankee fans don't want to hear this, other than A-Rod, they're not an interesting team anymore. No, they're really not. They're really not. 
They're a bunch of misfits put together. You know, maybe you tune in when uh, Masahiro Tanaka pitches I watch, because he's that I, I good. I watch all Tanaka starts. Okay. It's like tuning in like when you did to watch Harvey. When you watched like, Harvey. The weren't good. You know, they're still not great, but I'm still going to go and watch Harvey, Harvey pitch. Right. Agreed. With the Yankees, you're going to watch Tanaka pitch. You're not, you're not canceling dinner plans with your wife to watch CC Sabathia not, or, not this or Ivan Nova or, or Chris Capuano. You know, you know, he's your fifth starter right now. I know. It's awesome. You know, so you're not, you're not doing any of that. What happened to this team? You're not canceling plans to watch Mark, see if Mark Texera's wrist is better. Can I ask, can I ask you you're watching, you're watching Tanaka, and you're going to watch to see what A-Rod does next. Do you think the Yankees, by not getting into these deals with people, and this has been rumored, that like the Steinbrenners are interested maybe in selling them? Not getting any long-term contracts with anybody. But they have point. them. You have a no, long-term but, in, no, in, I'm in, saying like in Ellsbury. I'm saying adding on to what already they have. Because they could have easily signed Scherzer if they wanted to. They could easily have signed. I just think they learned. They didn't make the mistake signing Sabathia. The mistake they made. Sabathia wasn't a mistake. The mistake with Sabathia from, he was, great. was when he opted out. And re-upping. They, they should, and when he opted out, they, he already had the World Series at that point, right? Yes. I, at that point, maybe you say... You know what? Walk. You're on the wrong side of 30. You're a big frame guy. World Series. Things Thank are going to break down. That I, was a mistake they made. They probably I think they made that. They, I think they realized the mistake of Texera long term. They got a couple he of good years. Of, freak injuries. Yeah, but you got a couple... Yeah, but even before then, all of a sudden he became a 230 hitter. You know, yeah, he had the power. So, he had so power. You, he had RBIs. So they, they learn from some of those mistakes. And that's why they didn't re-up Cano. If you're not re-upping Cano on a long-term deal, right. I have a hard time signing anybody else on your team to a long-term well, deal. Well, because Cano's an absolute stud. Mm-hmm. But he's also on the, other, he's on the other side of 30 also. He wasn't getting a 10-year deal from the Yankees. They learned. Maybe they have learned. I love Aaron. I'm just looking at this picture of him right now. He's just so intense. I do like his work ethic, though. Who's that? A-Rod. Hey, he you know what? He's really working hard. hard. Yeah. He works really hard at his craft, and he was great at it. Now, of course, obviously, he used PDs and all that stuff, but you still have to have a God-given talent to do it. Absolutely. but Jeremy Giambi also took steroids. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. But, uh... And compared to Jason Giambi, even. They were both juicing up together. Yeah, no, you gotta have talent got on top of it. Fifty million dollar deal. The other ones, you know, borrowing from Jason. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, Eric, all right, oh, final, <laughs> final thing, because I could talk about how bad the Yankees are going to be all night. But, but you know what? The truth is, in that in that division, the Yankees actually still that have a shot. That pretty weak now, man. Toronto's the offensive juggernaut. It, it's not as strong a division as it used to. Be. You know, Toronto goes with a, a, the best three, four, five in the division. When you go Encarnacion, well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Encarnacion, Bautista, and Josh Donaldson's a first-round pick fantasy-wise. We've talked about that. And that moves I, to Toronto. I just, you just reminded me he's in Toronto. Yeah. They, I mean, that's how good they are. And then they have the young rookie Pompey in, the, uh, in center field who could steal 30 to 40 bases. You've got Russell Martin Ball in the plate. You've got Jose Reyes at the top of the lineup providing speed. He got a lot of speed. Their pitching, though, is Ari Dickey, Mark Burley, and then some young kids. Marcus right, Stroman, around, huh? yeah, Stroman, Hutchinson, and then a couple of uh, uh, AAA guys who have a boatload of potential. Highly ranked guys, but that's a tricky situation, as my Mets can attest. So, you know, in that division, you got that. You got a totally revamped Red Sox, who may be the best team on paper. You've got the Rays, who are kind of rebuilding, but 
maybe could surprise because their pitching is still decent. The Orioles have done nothing but lose Nelson Cruz and Nick Markakis this offseason, so they're, they're a question mark. And the Yankees are the Yankees who are kind of meddling along here. And you'll see if they're going to strike on anything during the season. But uh, going along with that pitching talk, though, and Tanaka, Eric, not to self-promote, but what the heck, I will. Rotogalaxy.com, one of my articles I got up this week, and was spurred on by the Max Scherzer signing. That's what really put the idea in my head. Uh, And if you go to Rotogalaxy.com, you'll be able to see the article. I ranked the National League starting rotations. Put a little blurb in about each team. Listed... The, the probable rotation, or at least the rotation as of now, and, and some, some teams you'll see I listed more than five guys. There's some competition there, maybe some injured guys, maybe some prospects who could come up and, and make an impact a little bit later. When you look at how I have it ranked, I put the Washington Nationals at the top of the list, yeah. followed by, and I, and I think that's a no-brainer, but we'll talk about it, followed by the Dodgers and then the St. Louis Cardinals, and you'll see the rotations there. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on that top three? Maybe look at, did I miss somebody in your view? Is there somebody you could put above them? What do you think of that? Um, I'm looking at uh, who you have at four. I like the top three. I think the top three are pretty in order. I mean, Nationals are an easy one. The Dodgers with Kershaw are right behind them. You know, I like I, front to back. I mean, you look at the Nationals' rotation; it's sick. Um, the Cardinals always pitch well, so they're obviously in the top three, and they still have Wainwright, Lynn Lackey, etc. Um, the Giants are an interesting pitching staff to me. Yeah, they're interesting. Not that I don't think they're maybe the fourth best National League staff, but how much does Tim Hudson have left in the tank? Right? What can Tim Lincecum do? And can Matt Cain bounce back? How much does Jake Peavy have in the tank? He's not a young chicken either. So to me, the Giants actually have a lot of questions besides Madison Bumgarner in that rotation. I think all the other guys are question marks about what they could do coming into next year. I like the Giants, though. Bumgarner being the well, ace, and he's not an old ace. He's a young yeah, ace. But they, also pit, they, they do pitch in a pitcher's ballpark mm-hmm. as well. So I, there's a lot of positives. But I'm, I'm, not like, I'm not looking at it and saying, like, wow. Like they're, I don't think they're close to the top three, even at four. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I feel like the, there's, a, there's a little drop-off from three to four. Like one, two, three, you know, in the upper <sighs> echelon, and then all of a sudden you drop down really – to me, like the Giants at four is them being at six. They're like, like they're that far behind. I well, I mean, I agree. I think the Nationals are no I brainer. You could almost put the Mets ahead of them if Harvey's healthy. The question mark there, though, with with how much you're going to get out of them. But you know, you look at the top: Washington Nationals, clearly number one now. Scherzer, Strasburg, Jordan Zimmerman, Geo, Doug Fister, potentially a fifth. Tanner Rourke out of the rotation. He had 15 wins last year in a sub three year. All right. I think they move one of those guys. I do too. I think either Jordan Zimmerman. Or Doug Fister get they moved. They both have one year left. They're both free yeah. agents at the end of the year. Now, the truth is, the Nationals don't have many holes offensively. Their lineup's pretty set. They're you know, team. Zimmerman, Yunel uh, Escobar, Ian Desmond, uh, uh, Ren, uh, Rendon, the outfield, Harper, Spahn, Worth, Ramos. They've lost a little bit of the bullpen. Rafael Soriano's gone. Tyler Clippert is gone. Drew Storen is the guy there now. 
you know, maybe Tanner Roth goes to the back of the rotation, or maybe they move one of those starters for a, uh, a bullpen piece, some minor, future minor league guys, rebuild the farm system a little bit. Strasburg's a free agent in two years. That would be crazy, but you could even consider that. Really, the biggest problem the Nationals could you have. Him just, could, could you trade him with that rotation? I couldn't. No way. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. But, you know, the Nationals have some money to spend next year. Fister, Zimmerman, Ian Desmond, all free agents. I don't know how they're going to re-sign all three, so maybe one of them gets moved. Maybe one of them, maybe they start the they season with Ian all Desmond. of them. I, I, Ian Desmond, if the Yankees... He's Yan- been in a lot of trade talks. If Ian Desmond has the monster year, if he has a, the year he's been having, and Didi Gregorius does not perform, the Yankees are going to give Ian Desmond a blank check. I think so. It's not outrageous to think. Because no. he's only 30 years old. He's not... He's a better player than Hanley Ramirez is right now. He's younger than Hanley Ramirez. There's so few shortstops out there. I just read an article on Fangraphs.com. Well, Hanley's going to left field. For yeah, that, right? but they didn't play, make a play on any of him. He's better than as Drupal Cabrera, any of the free agents that but were I think out there. the old Yankees would have just jumped at Hanley. Right, but this isn't the old Yankees. Plus, an eye towards the future. You see Desmond out there potentially being a free agent. And the shortstop market is so weak. Uh, Fangraphs.com did an interesting article. Uh, about Wil- Wilmer Flores of the Mets right. and how everybody's saying the Mets need a shortstop. Wilmer Flores' projections put him in the middle of the pack of Major League Baseball shortstops, 30 teams. He comes in ranked at like 16 or 17th. And when you look at who's you ahead of him, that. there's nobody that thrilling other than an injured Tulowitzki and Ian Desmond. It's just not much there. So it's going to be interesting how the Nationals play this rotation out. Do that they happens. move one of those guys? Or do they ride it out? Dodgers, when you have Clayton Kershaw, you can't drop too far from the top of the list. No, no, no. Granky, Eugene Rue, Brandon Gran- McCarthy. He's real good, too. Granky's a legitimate ace on any other team. He's really good. Right. Eugene Rue is very good at the number three slot. McCarthy saved his career with the Yankees. Brett Anderson has always had a lot of talent, but he's been injured the last couple of years. Dodgers could take a flyer on him as their fifth starter. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like that rotation is very solid. Cardinals, Wainwright, Lance Lynn, John Lackey, some nice veterans who are good. Walker, Carlos Martinez. If Walker returns to form from two years ago, Carlos Martinez becomes what people think he's going to become. You're looking at a, a Nationals-like rotation there. Yes. The Giants, I agree with you. The veterans, a lot of question marks, but the talent's like what there. What happened to Matt Cain? Does he have anything left? Injured last year. He know, needs to rebound. Needs to rebound. Left? Now, the Mets rotation. I got into a heated one on Facebook today. Really? Yes, a lot with, of fun. With what type of fan? Um, with, with Lenny Melnick was involved. Lenny, Chris huh? Mitchell of Roto Experts was, was involved. With or against you? Well, here was the, here was the post. Major, um, MLB.com's prospect rankings came out today. Okay. Noah Syndergaard is the number two ranked pitching prospect in all of baseball. Okay. Now, last year he didn't pitch great. He had a plus four ERA. He also pitches though, in the Pacific Coast League of, uh, in, in Vegas which historically inflates batters' batting averages and inflates pitchers' ERAs. All the stadiums, there's thin air in many of the stadiums. Balls fly out of the park, a la Colorado. It's a historic place of inflated stats. Zach Wheeler's ERA was much higher than it is now with the Mets. It's just the way it is. Number two guy, though. Nobody's you know, looking at nobody's, nobody's th- you're not looking at ERA. The stats are not the beyond, I know that. You're exactly. looking at Syndergaard's stuff and not his stats. Exactly. So you look at the Mets, Syndergaard uh, uh, potentially coming up, but he's, he's, he's not even on the major league rotation. He's the number one starter, uh, number two starter in the minor leagues. Harvey, Zach Wheeler, who if you watched the Mets, you saw how good he was down the stretch last year. 
rookie of the year, Jacob DeGrom. Wheeler's learning how to pitch. Yes, he is. And talent-wise, he was always a Slightly number. below Harvey. Right, but an ace type of prospect. A right. potential ace. DeGrom. Well, he's an ace potentially if you don't have a Harvey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, that's just it. Yeah. Nice, Dylan G. I'll take Jonathan Nice, Dylan G as my number four and five. All day. Bartolo Colon, if they move Dylan G, which they probably will put some bullpen out. And then you got Syndergaard and other young kids. G is probably easier to move than Cologne because Cologne has a one year left. He's forty something years old. Yeah, G would be the guy. Maybe even Nice. I think you'd get a better player for Nice, but I don't know if the Mets I think want they want to keep him. the left hander. I agree. So that's who I have at number five. Is that outrageous? Am I putting too much no. on projections? I think or or would you want that rotation for your team? I'd want. Well, two things. I think they're actually better than the Giants. I would have put them ahead of the Giants if Harvey's Matt Harvey. You know, there's a question mark there, but. Of course, I'd like to have this team. Look, at, everyone's like under. What's is Nice like the oldest guy besides Cologne? Right? Is Nice the oldest guy in the rotation at like thirty? If he's even thirty, is, yeah. Right? I mean, you look at that. I mean, Jacob Degrom. Like, I was just waiting for that guy to get lit up at some point. And he never did. And he was. So he got good. better and better and better. He was so good. And I hope he's so good again next year. He seems like, you know, he's got great mechanics. You know, he doesn't look like he has stuff that's going to – like, he, had, he knows how to pitch. You know, he, he it doesn't look like his arm's going to fall off either every time he throws. It looks smooth out there. Zach Wheeler's learning how to pitch. Harvey's coming back from surgery. And most guys bounce back pretty good from Tommy John surgery. Right. So that's, that's old news. So you move G, and you ride Cologne, and then you bring up Syndergaard. It's not a bad situation. To be and then you still got Montero and Matt's for next year. Right. Montero will be up this year. They, they, he may pitch a little I mean, out you of got a, You got a lot of pitching, and you can never have enough of it in Major League Baseball. Period. Yep. So there you go. So that's why the Mets sit at number five. San Diego ranked number six. And I like San Diego's rotation, especially with the offense they've added. That'll help them. Former Yankee. Andrew Kashner. Tyson Ross, I think, was highly underrated last year. Yeah. The kid was terrific. 100%. Ian Kennedy, a nice little veteran. Uh, some young pieces at the back. And then they signed Brandon Morrow, who was super talented, never never produced for Toronto, but everybody loved his stuff. He's and, got good stuff. And Josh Johnson, who's perennially hurt, but if you forget, before he was hurt, this guy was a Cy Young contender when he pitched for uh, uh, Miami. So they've got depth and talent. I like San Diego, the offense there, everything they've added. Eric, what are your thoughts on the Cubs rotation that's listed right now at number seven? Cubs John Lester, Jake Aredia, Jason Hamill. They've added two pieces. Okay. Me, um, they have some young arms coming for the back of that rotation for the time being. Right. Is, does John Le- the addition of a John Lester and, to a lesser extent, Jason Hamill, uh, paired with Jake Aredia, who was terrific, uh, finally reaching his potential after years in Baltimore. He pitched fantastic. Do you like that Cubs rotation? And I, I, I read what you wrote there. I think John Lester is the perfect number one starter that this team needed. Great quote. Quoting on that. Thank you. Uh, he's a stud. And and I think it, where John Lester is in his career, like I don't know the guy personally. You don't? No. I haven't met him yet. Okay. Sent him an email. Never, never wrote. <laughs> um, you look at it and say... For a guy like Lester, yeah, he got money and stuff for going there. But maybe he's at the point in his career, right, where he could really lead a pitching staff. 
You know what I mean by that? Like, he's won championships before. He knows what it takes. He's got tremendous stuff. you got a lot of guys learning how to pitch and becoming. He's going to lead that rotation to be really good. And I like that he signed with the Cubs. Money's not in the American League East anymore. I like it. I like that rotation. It, you know, if their offensive pieces hit, this could be a, a very good team. There's no they, denying they, that. They're finally, like, it took a while, but they're rebuilding and doing things the right way. You yeah. know? And, you know, with the way Major League Baseball is, you can't really just build all from within. You do have to you have to add pieces, absolutely. And he is a great piece to add. Great piece to add to go with the young piece offense that's coming through. And I think they got him at a very good price. Not outrageous in this day and age. Not uh, when you look at what Scherzer got. And I mean, most of Scherzer's contracts defer till after he leaves. Genius, anyway, a brilliant move by the Nationals. And it's great for him too. I could retire, and, and then get, just no, not retire. Cut. I, I, you can't officially retire and get paid. I think it is. No, yeah, if it's a deferment, yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah, Bobby Bonilla is still getting paid I by the Mets. I thought like, Bobby Bonilla never officially retired because he's still under contract. Yeah, no. It's, it's like a weird thing. Bobby Bonilla, what a genius. What a, a genius. Genius. A-Rod level genius. <laughs> A-Rod level Doesn't genius. Doesn't have A-Rod money, though. Doesn't have A-Rod money, but A-Rod level genius. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. Alex Rodriguez is so smart, we don't even understand. He him. should be the next <laughs> villain in a, bar- in, a, in a James Bond movie. He may he is the perfect evil genius. I feel like he he, he could easily be in movie. Him and Belichick. <laughs> you know, like James Bond comes to reinflate the balls. You know how everyone of Belichick and Len and A Rod to get caught more than once. Who is A Rod? They both are. But now, but now, I mean, that's the I level of stupidity of these but evil now, geniuses. But now Belichick is also there. They're both dumb and cheating. They're and both they bad at cheating. Yes, they're both bad at it. Yet. They're the best that they, they were. Like A Rod was the best at his sport, and Belichick was the best coach in his sport. They're the best of the best of the best. Yet they can't figure out how to cheat properly. Can't cheat. Can't get away with it. Can't get away with a cheat. It just tells you that everyone's going to get caught eventually. Yeah, they're just ba- they're really bad. They're at really it. bad at it. But they that should be you know Belichick and A Rod are the bad guys, and in comes uh, James Bond to catch them. We just need yeah. to write the script. We could do this. We just need no, to write the script. And we don't even have to write lines for Belichick. No, because he, he won't say a, anything. He's a couple He's grunts. He's a silent guy. A couple grunts. And A-Rod would, A-Rod would want to play the whole role shirtless. I, I think he's at the point of his life where he needs a V-neck. I think he would go vest. Just a vest. Just a vest? No shirt under the vest. I think V-neck. Yeah. I think a V-neck, very tight V-neck shirt. <laughs> like a really deep And V-neck Belichick though. would walk around like a Sith Lord with I, a hood up the whole time. <laughs> I'm talking V-neck below the nipples. Yeah, huh? Like, like a low like, cut. Maybe even like, like a button-down shirt. J-Lo low cut. Right, but I'm saying even button-down shirt, like no buttons either. Like he could also pull that off. Yeah, he could. He could. I'm telling you, that's the next James Bond movie. Those are your bad guys. Sith Lord Belichick. And, I'd be uh, rooting for A-Rod in the movie, though. I know, me too. You'd want to see. I wouldn't root for Belichick. No, couldn't do it. you couldn't do that. Uh, being a Jet fan, I couldn't do it. All right, back, <laughs> back to some baseball. Number eight rotation on the list. We went with the Cincinnati Reds, even though they lost two-fifths of it. Matt, uh, Matt Latos to the Marlins and Alfredo Simon. Johnny Cueto. Cueto, home of Bailey, super talent, got a big contract, struggled early. Mike Leak is very solid, consistent, unspectacularly consistent. And then a couple of young kids, Singrani, Axelrod, Stevenson, filling in what again. Axelrod, those guys got to produce. Now, number nine, I put the Miami Marlins. And if he had a whole full season of Jose Fernandez, I think it's higher. 
Uh, without him, though, it's going to be interesting. They've got a young kid in the minors, Justin Nicolini, an uber talent. The question will be, when will he come up? When, it, will Dan Harron pitch for them? You know, yeah, Matt Latos, though, he's going to retire. Yeah, he said he, 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 he wants to go back to the West Coast. Going to be interesting, though, when it's time to collect that paycheck, what he does. Latos, Henderson, Alvarez, very good. Slot much better as a two and a three. That's why they need Fernandez back, however. What's the, what's the deal with Fernandez? Mid-season, he's looking at a mid-season. You're looking at a mid-season return. He'll be back this year because I think the Marlins plan on contending. I don't, I, you know, they wouldn't have given Giancarlo that contract. If it yeah, they're, the Marlins are, they had D. Gordon, uh, Martin Prado to play second and third base, Michael Morse to play first. I still don't like that move by the Yankees. Martin I Prado. Prado. I like Prado. I like Prado just because he's so You got Steven Drew now, though. Stud. Stud. But anyway, you know, you've got those guys top of the order with, with D. Gordon. You've got one of the best young outfields in Yelich, Azuna, and John Carlos Stanton. I like what they're doing there in Miami. They're, they're, they are, they are going to challenge the Mets for second place and fight for a wild card. I don't think anybody's catching the Nationals unless everything pulls apart on the Nationals. The Nationals should run away with that. Team. They won that division by 17 games last year, and they've gotten better this year right. with the addition of Scherzer. And they have up and down. What are we talking about? They line up up and down the south. Stock. All right, number 10 rotation, I put the Atlanta Braves. Uh, offensively, we know they're rebuilding rotation. Julio Tehran, uh, Mike Miner, Alex Wood, Shelby Miller, David Hale, Shelby like Wills. Shelby Miller for them. I He's got a rebound. Good. Mike Miner's got a rebound. It's it's a, it's potentially a pretty good rotation. The Phillies. This one for me was tough to rank because you look at the top rotation and they potentially have the best one-two outside of the Dodgers and the Nationals in the National League. In, in Cliff Lee and Cole Hamels. Yeah. Now, after that, it, it's not pretty. I mean, Aaron Harang is back. Can he repeat and come close to repeating what he did with the Braves last year? I don't think so. I think Paul Collins is the only one who does. How, how many wins did he have last year? He double digits, right? I think he I finished here with about 10 wins. That's amazing. He's the only per- Paul is the only person in the world. Who could have thought he had any that, fantasy that value. Aaron Harang had any fantasy value, any value at all. Yeah, and he did. He did. He knew it. So, you know, the question becomes for... I want to look up Aaron Harang. The, for the Phillies is... He was 12 and 12 last year. All right. 12 wins. So what was his ERA? Sub four? Three, five-ish. Okay. And, and, and... Look at this guy. Look at this picture. You know, he, he, he was a stud early in the year. Earlier in the year. Uh, Lenny Melnick's on the, on the chat room. Uh, crazy reminding us that Johnny Suedo over his last three years has a just over one ERA and a 2.4 ERA. Johnny Suedo's an ace. There's no he's denying that. Stud. stud. Absolute stud. The Reds got to find the money. money. But he's not, you know, he they got to find the money to re-sign him. That's the Reds' problem right now. They've moved two-thirds of it, and now you got to find the money to... Uh, it's all about the money, money, that's money. What it's all about. And again, another guy. If the, I'll tell you right now, if, the, if I'm a free agent, I'm not looking to jump on anything. Because if the Yankees tank, if the Yankees really struggle... They are not going to stick with this saving money uh, philosophy too long. No, they're gonna, they'll open up the wallet. They'll open it up in a they, heartbeat. They can't have a, an inferior product. For that long, no. 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 So the Phillies... They, they can't do what the Cubs do. No. They can't do what the, they can't do what the Mets did. They can't do any of that stuff. No. So they the can't. Phillies, Cliff Lee, does he rebound from injury and inconsistency last year? Cole Hamels, is he even a Philly by opening day? Those are two big questions. Pittsburgh Pirates come in at number 12, and, and you know what? Maybe they're a little Garrett Cole... Uh, a future all-star, Adrian Burnett, 
coming back for one last hurrah. Francisco Liriano needs to be a little more consistent. They've got Jamison Talion. He's coming back from Tommy John surgery. When does he uh, appear this year? Milwaukee Brewers, they traded Giovanni Gallardo this week to the Texas Rangers, mm-hmm. leaving them with an okay rotation, but I question who the ace is. To me, they're a team full of number threes. Matt Garza, Kyle Lowe, Willie Peralta, Mike Fiers, Jimmy Nelson. Jimmy right. Nelson does have some upside and potential there. Diamondbacks, they're really sitting and waiting for some injury and young kids to come back. Patrick Corbin, then the young kid, Archie Bradley, who's a future ace. If he could get his control a little more harnessed. Ruby De La Rosa, who they got from the Red Sox this offseason. But really, it's Josh Kalmenter. He's, he's your opening day starter. That's a risky move. Jeremy Hellickson, who was not very good after winning the Rookie of the Year with Tampa Bay. Chase Anderson, Trevor Cahill, Vidal Nuno. Yeah. And then the Rockies, maybe some trade chips in Jorge De La Rosa and, and Jules Chassin. Uh, you know, Jonathan Gray in the minors, he's really the future. You hope he pans out. So, so that's our look at the starting rotations of the National League. Eric, when you look at this, like, let's go back up to the top of the list of the Washington Nationals and take a look from a fantasy perspective. All five of those guys are legitimate fantasy stars. Right. They'll be on everybody's team. They're the only one that could say our number five is probably better than somebody else's number two or three. Yeah. I mean, to me, all five of those guys, uh, off the top of my head, I'm willing to draft before round ten. Um, in a standard 12 oh, yeah. team, 5x5. Five five. You know, Scherzer and Strasburg are gone by round three. I'm very interested in Gio Gonzalez this year. I really, you know, hope he, you know, I feel like he's going to, he could really thrive in that rotation. I like Gio Gonzalez. I always liked him. I always draft him. I always seem to get a little disappointed. You know, Lenny, Lenny is, uh, and reminding us, Jordan Zimmerman is from Wisconsin, went to Wisconsin. Could he go to Milwaukee? Absolutely. He goes, Jordan Zimmerman goes to 99% of the other teams in baseball. He's their number one starter. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, Brewers are rebuilding. Yeah, you know, they are. You know, the, the move of Gallardo signified that. And uh, a payroll, Lenny's informing me, I didn't even know this, that the Brewers will have a $43 million payroll at the end of this season when other contracts come off the books. You know, which is in the Brewers contended last year. They yeah. faded mightily down the stretch. Yes. But they did contend. The beginning of the year, I think, they overachieved a bit, right? They faded. They faded by about mid-August is when they started well, I mean, their they fade. They had a bunch of number threes. Yeah. Eventually. Well, they thought Galato was going to be the ace, and he never he never turned into that ace that they that they thought. But the Nationals' rotation, all of them are gone. Heck, even if Tanner Rourke is on the board late and he started for the pen, I what, would even take a late. Twelve. Eighteen. Fifteen. I'll draft him. Yeah. Only because well, there's a ch- if the Nash- if you think the Nationals are going to move a pitcher. Grab Rourke and Storm if you have the bench space. Yeah, because Rourke will immediately then jump into the rotation. Dodgers rotation. Brandon McCarthy, Brett Anderson. Are those draftable players at the back of a fantasy draft? Mixed league. NL only, different story. Mixed NL league. only, mixed league. Mixed league, I'm not jumping on either one of them. McCarthy's honest. there late. McCarthy, Maybe you take a flyer. The, the only thing with health-wise with Brett Anderson, you, you don't jump on him. McCarthy pitches for a good team, should get good runs. McCarthy did a great job of getting that contract. Yeah, he, he did. You know, the Yankees brought him over. He got you know maybe a little motivation, a little juice back in him, and uh, now his wallet's all juiced up again. Dodgers rotation. I'm not Dodgers. Cardinals rotation. Uh, I'll go five deep there. I could take all five. The potential of Walker and Martinez. Now, my question to you is, since you just said you would take all five, right? Mm-hmm. Are they really the second best rotation then in the National League? 
when you have Clayton Kershaw, I put you higher than Adam Wainwright. Okay. I'm, I'm Clayton just, Kershaw is the best pitcher in the game. Just throwing it out there. No, I agree. Clayton Kershaw makes up for a lot of flaws. Yes, he does. Because as good as Scherzer is or as good as Wainwright is, Kershaw is going to give you a, a higher war, more wins than those guys will. Okay. I'm just saying. Giants rotation, fantasy perspective. And fantasy is different than... Than, than regular anyway. Like, for example, Mike Leak, Mike Leak of the Cincinnati Reds, to me, has very little fantasy value in a mixed league. Yes. But on a baseball end, he's a very good pitcher. He's a good pitcher. Right. Um, in that rotation, to be perfectly honest with you, I'm only interested, obviously, in Bumgarner. And if you asked me to take a flyer on somebody, it would probably be Kane. Yeah. In the FSTA draft this past week, in, in the FST, uh, FSTA, Fantasy Sports Trade Association Professional Draft, last week in Vegas, Matt Cain went in the 20th round. I was going to say. I mean, the value, the potential value there is astronomical. In the 20th round? Yeah. Wow. So the value there is just through it's the amazing road. how far guys drop. But then if you get if you hit it any right, piece of what Matt Cain was. It's a steal. Yeah. It's a steal. Because you could potentially pick up an an ace-like pitcher in the mm-hmm. 20th round. Yep. Metro rotation. Wow. Harvey, Wheeler, DeGrom, Nice. It's good. I'll take them. Not interested in a mixed league in Dylan Gia, Bartolo Colon. I would draft Noah Syndergaard before one of those two other guys in the hopes that maybe he gets promoted and you have a little upside. If you play I a keeper league, you definitely Syndergaard's a must draft, right. Padres, I'm interested in Cashner and Tyson Ross. Those are my two primary guys there, fantasy-wise. Uh, Cubs, Lester, Aredia. Those would be the two guys I would look at there. Not talking about keeper potential. Yeah. Hamill, I can I can live or die with. If he I'm only looking, pitched well with the Cubs. He pitched terrible for Oakland. He did. Terrible. He did. Reds, Suedo, Homer Bailey. Maybe you take a flyer on one of the young kids late. I'll take a I'll take a shot on Axelrod, more or less just because of the name. <laughs> I love it. Um, super talented kid, Sosengrani. Uh, Miami Marlins, Latos. Where would you draft Jose Fernandez, knowing uh, you're not going to see him till June, maybe? You might not see him in June, either. You'll see him. I'm just saying, sometimes those things get pushed back. If they're contending, you'll see him. It's, it, is, it like, is it like drafting Josh Gordon? Oh, wow. He's not a head case, though. No, but I'm saying, is it like that situation where you hope to be around and relevant? To utilize him. Because... He's gonna, he's if gonna you don't have, have an injured have spot, he's taking a rotate. He's taking right. a roster spot. If you don't have one, he's IR. taking a roster spot, and two, you probably can't wait too late to take him. FST A draft. Let me, let me try and guess. Round nine. No, later than that. I just went for a guess. You had to look like it was early. Where did he go? Uh, Jose Fernandez went in round to the guys at Rotowire in round 16. Okay. Round 16. All right. I was well. Round 16. Looking at, I'm looking at the draft board right now, and you can see it as well, rtsports.com slash seriesxm. Clayton Kershaw was the first pitcher. Felix Hernandez went in the first round, and those were the only pitchers. Second round, you saw Bumgarner, Chris Sale. Third round, you saw David Price, Steven Strasburg, you Darvish. Fourth round, you saw Suedo, Jordan Zimmerman, Corey Kluber, Zach Granke, and Max Scherzer okay. in round four. And that was before Scherzer signed. 
Uh, Lester and Hamels in round five. Uh, Sonny Gray in round six with some other closers there. His closers started going around six, which I was shocked. You I know, think that's way too early? Oh, my God. I know, Lenny, I know you're rolling over right now hearing closers going in round six. Who's uh, the first closer off the board? Uh, the first closer off the board was... Wait, I could take a guess who it was. Greg Kimbrell. That's my guess. Then Araldis Chapman, Greg Holland, and Kenley Jensen. They won in round six? All well, in round six. Dave Robinson in, like in round seven. Is that like the tight end run? It must be. When everyone panics That doesn't bit. make any sense to me whatsoever. No, because, I, I mean, I went through the stats, and I, I, I don't have it with me tonight, but I, when you draft a closer... I'm looking for saves. I'm just looking for saves. So at the end of the day, right? So say Chapman strikes out 90, whatever he strikes out. I don't 100. Know, Let's say he 100, strikes out 100, 100 in 50 innings. Right. I get another closer who strikes out 75 and gets just as many saves, and I got him eight rounds later. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I am too. You know, 25 strikeouts over the entire season. I could get that from the starter I draft in the sixth round, so I'll be okay with that. Yeah, because you're getting more value. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. I agree. I agree. So there you have it, folks. My uh, R, uh, com's starting pitching National League uh, rotation rankings. Eric, I've, I've put some work into the American League. It's not up yet. But off the well, top I mean, of your you head. Can't give it all to the people. No, I can't it's give them all at once. Right? That's what I say to my wife. But anyway. Um, You've only got so much to get. <laughs> Tell me about at this it. Point. Tell me about it. Right? Think American League off the top of your head. The number one, in my view, number one rotation in the American League. Off the top of my head. I'll give you a little taste of what's going to be coming out. Give me a taste. Seattle Mariners. That's I was thinking West I was thinking Felix uh, Hernandez, Hizashi Awukama. I always mispronounce his last name. It's not it's not an easy name. James Paxton, Taiwan Walker. James Paxton is a future star. So do I. Love I him. like Paxton a lot. I went with the White Sox at number two. Chris Sale, Jeff Zamaja, Jose Quintana. They did a nice job over there, Chicago. They put some nice pieces into their into their team. I gave Detroit number three. Chris Sale's a stud. David Price, Verlander, if he rebounds. Anibal Sanchez is still very good. He is so underrated every year. I, think. I agree. Anibal Sanchez. Um, Texas Rangers with the addition of Giovanni Gallardo and the health of Derek Holland at number four to go with you, Darvish. Temporary race. Alex Cobb, Drew Smiley, Chris Archer, Jake Odorizzi, a returning Matt Moore from Tommy John surgery. Could be a sp- it's, different. it's a different... No Madden... Alex Cobb's a stud. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I don't know. Like, when you draft a starter, when you draft those starters, can't be chasing wins with those guys. No, you're not going to chase Tampa wins. Tampa Bay is going to win many games. No, they, they should struggle mightily offensively. Where do you think I'd put your New York Yankees out of the 15 American League teams? It's as of, as of now, Tanaka, Sabathia, Pineda, Ivaldi, Capuano. So many question marks. 10 or 11. 10. Ten. I felt they were better than the Royals without James Shields, right. the Houston Astros, the Baltimore Orioles, the Minnesota Twins. What about Toronto? Toronto, you have better than them? And Toronto. Toronto's rotation stinks. Let's be honest. If Toronto's rookies pay off like the Mets rookies, they'll climb mightily. Yeah. Mightily. Yeah, but Marcus like, Stroman is you, good. I mean, once you say, Drew right, Hutchinson, Burley, 
Aaron Sanchez, Derek North. Ideally, what happens mid-year? Those guys flip to 4-5. Yes, and the young kids take over the top spot of that rotation. It won't be as it starts, but you hope that's what it looks like as it is. That has to happen for them. Yes. Because offensively, they can put up numbers. They're always a bridesmaid, that team. They always try. They try. That division is so open and winnable, it's unbelievable. You know what's a rotation I think is going to be interesting is the Red Sox. Yeah. Because it's totally new. Other than... They completely revamped. You brought in Porcello from Detroit. Rick Porcello. Right. You brought in Wade Miley from Arizona. You brought in Justin Masterson, who was a free agent, who is maddingly inconsistent. You've got Clay Buckholtz, who's way more talented than he showed last year. He got lit up. And they got Joe Kelly in the John Lackey trade. Who I mean, Buckholtz was epically bad last year, though. But the potential. None of them, are, I don't think, I don't view any of them as an ace. None of them are Felix Hernandez. They have a Brewer-type rotation. They have, they have Porcello could be a two, and then they got a lot of threes and fours. Right. They don't have a clear-cut ace. And I don't think they have. I, a, I, I don't think they have. I don't think they have a terrible number five either. They don't have Chris Capuano right. at number five either. I thought for sure Lester was going back there. So did I. I would have bet money on it. I really would have bet money on it. I would have lost. But that rotation is not terrible. No, when it's you not. compare it to. Uh, the the some of the other rotations out there, it, it's not a terrible rotation. It really isn't. But anyway, folks, we are out of time. We went actually That's a little over. Uh, I know it is. It is. Eric and I will be back next Wednesday night. Uh, that would be the 29th of I'm, January, I believe. I'm just throwing out there. It's the fastest hour in sports. Well, hey, now. That was kind of old, yeah, but we'll go with it. I want to thank anybody, everybody for listening live on Blog Talk Radio, or if you listened on demand, Blog Talk Radio, or on iTunes. We do appreciate you tuning in and uh, enjoying the show. Uh, Thanks to everybody who was involved in the chat room as well today. Uh, That was a lot of fun. And everybody who chimed in, chimed in on my Facebook page or the Warm Radio Facebook pages this week, posted some stuff and got some good feedback there. So we do appreciate it. Don't forget. Follow us on Facebook, Warm Fantasy Sports Radio, Twitter, at War Room Radio. And uh, check out all our sponsors, rotoballer.com, uh, rotogalaxy.com as well. And actually, next week, Eric, we're going to have an old friend, Raphael Rab, one of the writers for rotoballer.com, one of the best fantasy baseball sites out there. They've been on the show before. Uh, they're coming on again. We're going to talk some fantasy baseball with Raphael from Roto Baller next Wednesday night. Looking forward to to that. Okay with that. I'm excited about that. There you go. That's cool. Always a good time. We appreciate everybody for listening. Don't forget, weekend's almost upon us. Don't forget, gentlemen, inflate your balls. You don't want to go in low on air. Uh, that can ruin a weekend in a heartbeat. Having said Very all good. of that, Eric, great job as always. Everybody, we'll talk to you all soon. You. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Have a good night. Good night, everyone. Bye, Todd.